It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarp. I am a franchise consultant. I'm an advisor. And I help people figure out if franchising is for them or not, because it's really not for everyone. I help people that are frustrated with their career. I help people that cringe at the thought of going to work in the morning. And I also work with folks that have a job. They want to keep it, but they want to build something on the side. So uh, as you may know, I was actually before in franchising, I was a subway conductor in the New York City subway. So if you ever rode in the New York City subway, I was the guy making announcements and opening and closing doors. Announcements you could hardly ever understand for whatever reason in the subway. And one day there was an old timer there and he said, hey kid, this is a great job because you'll always have a shirt on your back. I said, oh, that's nice. He said, yeah, but it'll never be a silk shirt, but you'll always have a shirt. And I was like, huh, that sounds like mediocrity to me. I really want to wear a silk shirt. And I realized that as much as the people that I love that transit were doing a great job, they weren't wearing silk shirts, metaphorically, but business owners were. And I realized I want to be a business owner, but I didn't know how. I realized franchising is a business with training wheels, and that's what I needed. So I bought into a franchise, and the rest is history. I'm here with one of the greats of franchising. Her name is Christy Delk, or Christy Wilson Delk, as a newlywed. So Christy had 17 years in corporate sales and distribution. 1996, she decided to risk it all. She sold her house and she cashed out a 401k and she bought a franchise called Kids Are Kids Academy. It's a franchise out of Orlando, Florida. Over the next 15 years, she expanded twice, grew the business into one of the largest franchises in that particular industry, and then she did a multi-million dollar exit in 2012. Since then, she's been a college professor. She's a speaker at franchise conferences all over the country, and she wrote an awesome book called Adventures in Franchise Ownership, and she talks about the four pillars approach, which we're going to discuss here in a minute. Christy. Welcome. Thank you for being on the podcast. My absolute pleasure, Tom. Thank you. This is so great. I am so excited to have you. Been following you for a long time, and, uh, and you're just doing some great, great things. So what prompted writing this book, Adventures in Franchise Ownership? Ooh. Well, I realized after I sold, you know, when you're just in the trenches working, 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 you know, you come up for air and that's about it. But after I sold, I knew I had this, you know, desire to learn more about the corporate side of franchising. So I started going to a couple of conferences and, you know, great ways to learn more Mm -hmm. on every aspect. But anyway, what I learned, the biggest takeaway was, wow, I guess I did something kind of special, meaning I had been in the business I had owned for 15 years which is longer than the average. I had a a successful planned exit and a couple other things, but those were the key things. So I started thinking about what did I do different? And the more I talked and went to 
uh, you know, entrepreneur conferences and other things, I realized, you know, I think I need to write a book. And it was a big decision, not as big as buying a franchise, but a big decision. Absolutely. And, and it's wonderful. You talk about the four pillars. So what is that? Give us an overview. Okay. So franchising, franchises, and franchisors have systems, of course. That's why we get into it. However, and I heard your last guest talk about local markets, every local market is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And our personal goals or our financial goals might be a little bit different. So the four pillars is a way, one way to complement the franchise or processes and stay tuned into the local market by building layers of loyalty, by using strategic management. I should say the four pillars approach also gives you a methodology to running a business. Many, many of us that come into franchising don't have business ownership experience. And the franchisor can't do everything for you. You know, uh, they, they would love to, you would love for them to, but they can't. And so it helps you develop a process for running your business. And it's what I really used to keep everything in balance and, you know, stay sane. Stay sane. It's yeah. So this is the book. You need to pick it up. Oh, it's thanks. available everywhere. Amazon is like, you know, if you ever heard of Amazon, <laughs> that might be a good place to pick it up. When you say that people need to stay connected to their community with their franchise, what's one thing that somebody could do like right now to help them get connected? Yeah. In the book, I list several examples, but I really always start with, you know, if you're a newer franchise or you're, you have never thought about connecting and now you're like, oh crud, I've got competitors. I better start doing something different. Easy, inexpensive things you can do is you can get on a board easily. Nonprofits are looking for board members. However, do align with a board that complements your business. If it's a pet type franchise, you know where to go. If it's elder care, you know where to go. If it's service industry, you know, it needs to align with your business. It doesn't have to, but you want to start getting those cool synergies. That's one. And guess what? Publications and online resources are always looking for good content. So you can write. Neither one of those costs anything, but you get tons of exposure. Yeah. And, and last, if your franchisor has something that they are from a corporate standpoint promoting like with veterans or, you know, something else, then by all means, take advantage of that. So one thing that you speak about is things that you need to know, even though you don't have an MBA uh, yeah. you're running a franchise. That intrigues me because I don't have an MBA. <laughs> so what what do you tell – I know you always are working with franchise owners, which I love that idea, as opposed to the franchise companies, where you work with the franchise companies and speak at their conferences so you can speak to the franchisees. That's right. What, what is kind of the MBA things that I should be knowing as a franchise owner? Okay. So this is kind of cool, I think. I think your listeners will too. When I – wrote the book. And I do not want to stay focused on the book. I just want to talk to your listeners. But I focused on those four pillars that I just shared. 
as a professor, now I don't teach MBA, but you know, I know what they talk about. We talk about the four functions of management, planning, okay, organizing, leading, and controlling. Those line up with the super practical approach that the four pillars addresses. So what do I need to know if I don't have an MBA? I love going to that last one, controlling. And your guest, that is the president of Fight Cycle Bar? Yes. Paul Ryan Junk? Ryan, Ryan Junk, yeah. Ryan Junk, okay. He talked about measuring and discipline and how do you know if you don't measure. I loved that because that's not sexy stuff, but it is so, so, so important. So let's pretend I'm a brand new franchisee and I don't have an MBA, and I have nothing to measure. Okay, well, talk to your franchisor. Talk to other people that might be involved in a similar segment and get some numbers from them and just put a stake in the ground when it comes to revenue growth or turnover, some of those profit drainers, things like that. But that's super important. And then on the other end is planning. Yeah. You need a plan, folks. It doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't need to be long-term, but you need a plan for the year. It's like, you know, I'm sure you talk about this all the time, but it's like getting in a car and saying, okay, where are we going to go? I don't know. Where do you want to (laughs) go? I don't know. You you know, you you can't do that. You got to have your map drawn out. Even if you're going to take detours along the road, right? Yeah. At least you you know where you're going. Ultimately, you have that destination, you know, wherever it is. So I totally, totally agree with that. I love the idea that you ran your own franchise for 15 years, had a successful exit. So what should somebody think about if they're getting to that point where they're like, wow, business is doing well. I think maybe I'm going to cash out and then move to Della Boca Vista or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a, there is a lot to think about, but market timing, of course, really important. Um, for the asset, depending on what kind of franchise you're in, you may be in a retail commercial leasing situation where you don't own the space, but you have a contract. In my case, it was primarily an asset sale because I built the building, bought the land and all of that. So timing... In either case, timing is important. Let's say it's retail. In fact, I'm thinking of a cycle bar right now. It's in a really great shopping center. There's cool restaurants. You may not want to go out at the top, but you certainly want to time it so that you know it's not a bad time. Um, that's number one. Maybe I have one more, maybe two more. Number two is definitely do not wait until you get burnout. out. That's the worst. You, you really need to stay super engaged with your business and not think about selling when you're frustrated or depressed or just exhausted. And I share a story in the book about one time when I was seriously thinking of selling Tom and it's because somebody had stolen from me a lot of money, $40,000 yeah. over two and a half years. I wanted to do nothing but get out. And I just realized it was not the time. I did a, what do you call it? Appraisal. And I'm like, 
buck up, girl. This is not the time. So anyway, thank gosh I didn't, you know, but so that is a number two, but then number three would probably be, you know, you need to have a plan for your future self too. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, and I'm, I'm just fully transparent. So, you know, it is what it is. I just wanted to do something different. I still liked it. My franchisor and I, in fact, I'm speaking at their conference in May, you know, very close. There was nothing negative going on. I just wanted to do something different. I'm just one of those sort of change people. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Great nuggets, you know, from someone who has done it. You know, you wrote the book, but you lived it first, as opposed to there's a lot of people out there that write books, but they never owned a franchise. So it's it's really... um, Interesting how that happens out there. There's also a lot of business. (laughs) There's a lot of professors that write books that have never been out there. So I think, yeah, I know. I don't think they'll be listening to this. So I think I was safe with that. They're much smarter than you and I. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's cool. I know different streaks for different freaks. That's right. Oh, I like that. But thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. And I think that's, that was part of my motivation too, was if I, honest to God, you'll hear this, you know, from many, many different people. So it may not sound authentic, but I promise you it is. If I can do it and become as successful as I did, I know many of your listeners can do it too. You just, you have to just, you have to start, you know, by listening to podcasts and seeking information. Like I heard another of your guests talk about and yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, we're here to help, and it's not for everyone. So you have to be careful of the folks that are out there trying to sell you a franchise. Yeah. A, a great franchise will only award a franchise to people that they feel can really carry, you know, the burden of that business on their shoulders in their community. So there's, that, there's something to be said for that. So no one tries to sell you anything. This is not a timeshare. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, or a used car. But but we want to really find great people. And, and the franchise companies, as you can attest to, are looking for folks that are coming out of corporate America, have all that wisdom, and now transferred into the business. And, and together, there's so much synergy from the franchisee to the franchisor. But the biggest thing, and, and, I, and I think you could speak to this, is the camaraderie of the franchisees within the company. I get more, I always got more information and more help from the franchisees. They're not my competitors. We're all working together. Yeah. And and we're trying to build equity in the same brand. Yeah. And, and it's really cool too. And I'm, I do miss that. You know, I definitely miss that component. I'm making new friends, of course, but, but the cool thing too, is when you go to franchise training, you know, you have this cohort of people that you went through with and it's, you know, it's a little fraternity, you know? So, yeah, it's very cool. Totally is a fraternity. Absolutely. So you were in the child care business. Well, what, was, what was the premise of the business? What was the concept? Oh, okay. So Kids Are Kids Academy, it's, it's actually out of Duluth. Um, my franchise was in Orlando, Duluth, Georgia. I know there's a commercial for Duluth, Minnesota. Boxer shorts or something from Duluth. But anyway. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, that one too. (laughs) But so the early childhood education went from mom and pop to 
corporate like La Petite, Kinder Care, which I think now though is franchise, you know, those kind to larger centers where they're owner operated, franchised mostly, beautiful locations for these growing communities, you know, as the country demographics change for working parents. So too, you know, did the, the offering of childcare. So just like everything else, you know, the fitness and the home services and all these other wonderful concepts that are out there now that there wasn't a need for before. So we educated and provided full day services. So, you know, it was fantastic. It's a huge responsibility and a huge honor to take care of someone's children, but also educate them. Absolutely. Well, and why did you choose that franchise and go in that direction? Were you an educator at heart? Were you an educator first and then? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. I was a business person at heart. Marketing, human resources, that was sort of my favorite area. And I was in corporate, just like you described. I definitely like psychology and customer service. I learned that that was sort of my sweet spot. And I had a small child. So I've heard many of your guests say, A, yeah, you need to be passionate about it. But B, I say, at some level, it needs to be a lifestyle decision too. So with a young child, been there, you know, needed services myself, knew how hard it was. It was an easy match for me. So uh, that, that's why. Great. So in that childcare business, you must have some really interesting experiences. Any stories that you can share on the top of your head? Oh, let me see. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of, well, people can steal from you in any business. So I won't tell that one. What about driving a bus? Do you learn how to drive a bus? No. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so hopefully you guys haven't had, if you're owning a franchise or another business now, one of those nightmares where the key person walks out, you know, the the cook or in my case, the bus driver. So he didn't walk out, but he gave insufficient notice. And by insufficient notice, I mean, it's Friday afternoon and this is my last day kind of notice. Not good. So, and there, were no, there was no bad blood. You know, this stuff can come at you at any time. You just never know. So I realized, whoa, if I'm going to be transporting ch- children on Monday, which I had to be, I guess I was going to learn how to drive the bus. So I didn't even know how it was going to roll out and how it was going to happen. But I knew the first thing I needed to do was grab my purse and get in the car because I had to go get a permit to learn how, right? You guys all know that. You have to get a learning permit, teenage children, whatever. So anyway, headed off, stood in line, read the manual for a commercial driver's license with a passenger endorsement, with air brakes endorsement. It's like, you know, just got, got more and more challenging. But anyway, I knew if I took the test, I could get somebody to help train me over the weekend, but I had to have that permit. So I got that. I made a few phone calls. In fact, I called a fellow franchisee who could always work her way out of a box. And she said, oh, yeah, I've got somebody. Call Tom. He'll help you. Just by coincidence, his name was Tom. 
he'll he'll train you this weekend. He does um, bus driver certifications. I mean, not bus driver, semi trucks. So I spent that weekend practicing, learning some of the mechanics. I'm talking big bluebird bus, you know, 54, 72 passenger. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a transit guy. I'm, I'm speaking your language. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, so Monday morning rolls around and I practiced, did the route and all that. Monday morning rolls around and who pulls up? Beep, beep, driving the bus, Miss Christie. And it was a hoot. It was hard, stressful, all of that stuff. Wow. But stayed focused on what I needed to do. And, you know, you can apply that same kind of a problem to any probably business. But fast forward, it ended up being one of the best things I ever did because at any time I could hop in the bus, we'd be with the kids, yeah. you know, get back in touch with my business or stay in touch with my business. And it was super fun. So... And then, and if things don't work out for you in this whole <laughs> franchise thing, you could always call my friend Louie over at Links in Orlando and get a job. Uh, what, what did Jackie Gleason say? Uh, bribing a dust. You're gonna. Bribe oh my gosh, that's yeah. hilarious! Yeah, I could be bribing a dust. That's <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So th anyway, that's one. I mean, definitely, we all have stories. Yeah. In the childcare space, yeah, you got some doozies for I'm sure. sure you do. That's so awesome. You write a second book, just the stories of childcare franchise. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's why I titled it Adventures in Franchise Ownership. However, I want to make sure that the listeners know, I promise you, these are just not my adventures. I was so excited because the franchise industry as you know, has such generous people in it. Yes. So I would I contacted many different Zors and they put me in touch with some of their top performers. So I have lots of stories from all different segments. Oh, that's awesome. Interviews yeah, and stories. Yeah. Again, I, I definitely recommend. Oh, thank you. Picking it up. Definitely a good one. So Christy, on a, on a personal note, like do you have any books that you love that have motivated you? Yeah. One is just kind of a basic handbook, probably for life, but it really helped me. And it's called uh, Spencer Johnson, MD, who wrote Who Moved My Cheese and a whole bunch of others. It's about peaks and valleys, how to navigate personally and professionally through life's peaks and valleys, something like that. I'm sorry, well, I don't have it exactly right. Yeah. But I loved that because when you're going to buy a franchise or you start a family or any, you know, any big life event, you know, hopefully you're starting at a high point, but there's going to be valleys. And so for me, what the book told me was, wouldn't you rather smooth out the highs and the lows and have this nice terrain that you can control and manage and all that? Oh my God. Yeah. I totally subscribe to that. And then the other one I like, and I'm only going to mention it because accountability is such a difficult thing for people to put into their management style, holding themselves accountable, number one, but holding others accountable, managers and owners hate that. But it was called Fierce Conversations. Yes. Love that book. And yeah. I don't remember the author's name. It was a female author, but it was a great book. Yes. Um, and in life and at work, same kind of deal. Right, right. And fierce Conversations. 
I have not read it. I have it on my shelf back oh, there. Good. My, my good buddy, Matt, the franchise guy, Stevens, had uh, mentioned it to me a couple of years back. And so no I kidding. Have it. I just haven't gotten to it yet, Yeah, but I will. Well, it's cool. It's got some little work pages in it. And I made the mistake of lending it to somebody. And I had all my personal notes in there. I don't mean that I needed them, but now they knew all the things I struggled with. <laughs> well. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any like tech apps or tech hacks that you use in your business or that you used when you had a franchise? And anything that you share, if not, you know. Sure, 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 sure. I wasn't super tech savvy when I owned, but I hired someone that was. And so, you know, I don't want to sound old school, so I'm not going to go there. But keeping the website really, really super content rich and all that is so important. But what we used to do, and anybody can do this in their franchise, I don't care what franchise it is, is do those Facebook live posts. You know, those are so cool and so fun. And then others can see it, you know, including your franchisor. You're developing a great loyalty strategy there. So that's really fun. And then because, yeah, you are going to have to do a little bit of written communication either, even if it's social media posting. I like that little Grammarly. I don't think it's actually an app, but maybe it is an app. It's an extension, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a dummy, but I'm certainly not a grammar expert. And it is so helpful, you know, because you want to put your best foot forward, especially when you're reaching out to the community or potential prospect. You're so right about that. And and so I'm, you know, I hold myself out as an amateur writer, but I make mistakes all the time only because of haste, not because I don't know. And it's really embarrassing if you put something out and it, it could be just a simple email. Like if I'm writing an email to you for the first time, we never met and I'm saying, hey, Christy, I, I want you to be on my podcast and say something, <laughs> I, I spell something wrong or whatever. It's not that I'm stupid, but you're, you're like, you don't know me. So now you have this judgment about me, you know? No, I know. And we all know, you know, spell check, you know, fixes a lot. Apparently my students don't use it. Some of them. I'm like, Isn't that oh, crazy. People don't use it. Oh, yeah. But Grammarly is better because, you know, it gives you, a broadens your vocabulary. It says you've been using this too much and all that kind of stuff. But I'll tell you, I got to share a funny story. So I'm reading my book for Audible, you know, for listeners. Obviously, not everybody's going to pick up a book. So anyway, I'm finding, I don't even necessarily want to call them typos, but grammar yeah. errors. And it makes me mad. Yeah, no. Not I'm, many. I had an editor. It's a professional, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, editors and spell check does not catch everything. Right. I just continue to challenge myself. Like two years ago, I would have been nervous about Zoom and doing a podcast and all that. But now, okay, you told me this headset does not make me look fat. So I'm going to believe you. <laughs> But I have this, you know, mic and, you know, so you just have to challenge yourself with technology. Yeah. Well, we're we're using technology every day. There's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm a technophobe. I'm scared of technology. I was like, but do you have a phone? You know, you have a smartphone. Everybody has one. Do you not get on a computer every day and at least use word processing? It's technology. You're already using it. So shut up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And And, and and, try something new. Yeah. And when somebody gives you a good one, like, 
a couple that I just mentioned, incorporate them and try them. And yeah, but I, I do all kinds of different things, but regularly those two I use a lot. That's, that's, that's why you're Christy. That's why. Ah. So what's the best piece of uh, advice you've ever gotten? Ooh. One I got, okay, don't laugh. I'm going back. My divorce attorney, <laughs> she's a very successful woman. And she said, I was getting ready to launch this business. And she said, if I can tell you one thing, remember your employees and your staff will watch you to see how hard you work and how much you care. So you definitely need to display that and do that for your employees. So I thought that was really good. You got you to gotta work hard. But, you know, also we want to start working smart. But the other one, and this is not novel, is that about many, many times our biggest weakness is also our strength. And so where I talk pretty direct, I found that in the business place, I needed to pull back on that. So okay. this is just general advice, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. My wrap-up question for you is... Yes? If you could bust one myth about franchising right here, right now, what would that be? Well, we in the industry, we love that cliche, which that's exactly what it is, that you're buying a business in a box. Okay. which is, to me, it's a tad bit derogatory, but let's just say you're buying a business in a box. But the truth is, yes, you're buying the framework. You're buying some amazing support and branding and all of that. But you really do get to make it your own if you want to. Not going outside of processes and so forth, but you can put for the most part, your own mark, and it will become and feel like your own business if you engage. Love that. Yeah, that is really perfect. You're so right. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you. It's not a business in a box, a franchise. They forget to tell you that you actually have to build the box when they give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Christy, I want to thank you so much for being on the Franchise Academy podcast. What's the best way for people to reach you? Ah, thank you. Probably the best way, email me, but if you go to my website, you'll see a couple of cool downloadables. So I'm going to give you a, a, sort of the long version of the website. It's christywilsondelk.com. So that's Christy with a C-H, Wilson, Delk with a D.com. But if they go to forward slash listeners, listeners with an S, I just loaded, this is the first time I've ever talked about it, a really cool packet of worksheets that are based on the four pillars approach, but formatted as if you never looked at the book. So if you go to christywilsondelk.com forward slash listeners, you can pick up a really nice packet of complimentary worksheets. Thank you so much. So we have breaking news on the Franchise Academy. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so Christy Wilson Delk has just revealed that she has new worksheets uh, help franchise owners and it's all for free on our website so yep. go to the franchiseacademy.com I'm going to have it there clickable link straight through to Christy and you'll be able to get everything you need from her all for free 
So thank you, Christy, so much for being on the podcast. This has just been so many gems. I'm going to go back and listen to this thing a couple of times. Thank you, Tom. Keep doing what you're doing. I The slate of interview ease you have is such, such great spectrum. I'm really impressed. So I appreciate you and your time as well. Thank you, Christy. I appreciate you. And uh, I will see you in Florida very soon. Oh, cool. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration. 